This episode is dedicated to Richard Jervis. Hello, podcast people. You just made my day. podcast people this is made my day the podcast that celebrates the little tiny wonderful things in life it's episode 12 brought to you the week of february 10th 2014 i am your host james kennison thank you for joining us thank you for being here ah what a normal (laughs) what a normal week it has been um I, i meant to say abnormal it's been an abnormal week it's been all over the place um, but I'm looking forward to going through it with you because some really great things have occurred. You know, the danger of doing a show called May My Day and making it about um, looking for the little tiny wonderful things in life and finding them and then sharing them is that it kind of adds pressure to a certain extent to your week. Only when you're not feeling, you know, all that hot. And... um just being honest here, I I realized on Sunday morning, after after I just kind of just kind of threw a fit, a little bit of a fit, um, that I have not been taking one of my medications. I it was a medication that I realized I needed to take during the morning. It was too stimulating, but I had been forgetting about it, and uh, so for the last three days I'd been without uh, my main antidepressant depressive medicine medication, and and. Um, it just really put me in a foul mood over the last half of last week and then the weekend. And, um, uh, so, but, but even so, even so, even in the challenge of it, you know, you still find the things that make it worthwhile. If, even if it's just a long suffering spouse, uh, someone that's, that's willing to hang in there with you, even if it's just the kids that say, it's no problem, dad, it's no problem. And the family overall who judges you by your progress overall in the big picture rather than by the days that you slip a little bit. So let's jump into Monday of last week, day one. Um, last episode was uh, dedicated to uh, a young lady named Donna who, who shared quite a bit through an email and uh, I went ahead and called the show Donna, and then and then dedicated it to her uh, right there on the main website. And her her husband touched base uh, the very next day. You know, I posted it Sunday night, and she said, you know, my my wife heard it, I heard it, and um, he basically the one thing I pulled from it is he said, uh, you know, it's like you. She said it was like you stepped inside of her head, and. Um, it's for me anyway. It's always a little dangerous when I put myself out there, you know, like like the double loop episode, you know, where I had that uh, just that moment there in the middle. Uh, you know, it'd be easy to cut that stuff out. It, and 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 when I talked to Donna last week on the show directly, kind of sorta, and to people like her, people like me, um, you know, you're kind of putting yourself out there. Because what if you're completely off? You know, you're saying all this stuff that's heartfelt, and uh, it's like uh, the the person on the other end is going, "I don't, I don't even relate to anything. It's just you." So it was awesome and affirming to hear um, that those words. It's like you stepped inside her head. So um, Donna and your husband and your man, congrats. Uh, you know, not congratulations, but <laughs> well, yeah, congratulations for having each other because. 
both of you, um, you know, you're there for each other and you're supporting each other. And that's, that's what depressed people need. They need somebody strong. Well, even if you don't think you're strong, we do. How about that? Um, so they need somebody strong, uh, to help them through it. And then, uh, I had Jen and my family and, and Donna, you've got your man and, uh, so congratulations there. Anyway, so that just made my day on on Monday one. Day two uh, was Tuesday, of course. I uh, I finally got and write up over twenty thousand words in the book I've been writing. Um, the book is uh, a middle reader book, meaning it is in it's a sci-fi, you know, a light sci-fi um, in genre, but its target audience is nine to twelve your old kids. And, um, so, so getting over 20,000 words was insane. I remember back when I was like, Oh, I got over a thousand and then, Oh, I got over 8,000. And then you got in the teens, you know, 18,000, you know, well, 12,000, 10,000. And, and now, you know, to be 20,000 on, on day two, it was, uh, it was quite amazing. So that, uh, that was the first thing. Tuesday was a great and mysterious and crazy day. I definitely think my bipolarism kicked in a little bit and, and that's, and then, then it swung the other way just in time for a fantastical weekend. Um, but we'll, you'll see what I'm saying here. Woke up at 3 a.m. by my daughter. That's what I've gotten written down here. Yeah. That, that night, Tuesday night, um, I, I tried to go to sleep. And uh, I woke up. Was woken up three a.m. Daughter, she had a she had a nightmare or something, and then I could not sleep. I was just wired. You know how you usually just ready. You know, go whatever you got to do. Lay in the bed. I don't care. Go back. Shut up. Go to sleep, so I can go back to sleep. I I didn't. I didn't do that. I wrote almost. Uh, <laughs> I wrote from three o'clock till about seven forty-five in the morning, and then I wrote again from uh, about eight thirty to uh two thirty and I picked up the kids and then I wrote some more. I wrote almost the rest of my book before the seven thirty, seven forty five AM uh spot where I had to take my kids to to class. Could not sleep, could not shut down and uh but at least, you know, if you're gonna go nuts, um at least let it be something creative and, and uh profitable there. So um Another thing that, uh, that made my day is I had lunch with a friend on Tuesday. Um, so, so you know, I went and dropped my kids off. I wrote till about noon, and then it was time to go have lunch with him. And, and he's just going through some stuff with his job and, and with some identity stuff. And uh, it's not easy. It's not. It's not great. It's uh, it's very hard. And I when I when I share things on the podcast, it's a very safe thing because. My interactions with everyone is through email, you know, Twitter. There's a there's a controllability to it. It's the same reason I believe when I hear that um, kids with uh, Aspergers and and other forms of autism that they they most of their relationships are through you know video games, you know, uh, online gaming and things like that. And it's because when you get overstimulated or when things get too close, you can shut it off. You know, you can walk away and everybody shuts up and, and, uh, when you need them, they're there. And, um, I, uh, I, a couple things happened this week to where I had to step out and, and offer some things to real people in real, in person. And I haven't done that a lot, 
um, since I stepped down, you know, as a children's pastor. Whereas I used to do it all the time and doubted, you know, the validity and or impact that I was having in every case. But in this case, when I'm sitting down with this friend, you know, we sat and talked for about two hours and, and, um, and uh, he said, I made his day. <laughs> he said, you made my day. He said that. And I was reminded that I had had this thing last week that I said, I'm going to try to make other people's day too. But he made mine because uh, he found solace and support and help in, in uh, something that I shared with him. And, and I'll, I'll, heck, I'll share it with you. It, it was actually just a stupid little thing that I used to use when I was talking to children about the way um, you know, the way God works, the way God seems to work. And, uh, and it was just like this, you know, cause, cause God's always asking anybody that actually, you know, connects with him will find soon enough that he, he does ask you to give things up. And I think people know that about him. And that's one reasons why they don't, even Christians don't dig deeper or, they keep their relationship very surface because they're afraid. They're scared to death that God's going to ask them to take away their, fa- you know, give up their favorite things. And here's the what I've what I've always shared uh, with my kids, and what I shared with this gentleman is is uh, it's an old old metaphor or old story. So you'll have to pardon what I'm using, but it's talking about back in the day when there was a Game Boy Color. And I said, imagine if a kid came up to you and said, hey, give me your Game Boy Color. I want it. I want to have it. I want to keep it. I want to take it from you. I want you to give it to me. It's no longer yours. It's mine. What would you say, kid? The kids were like, oh, pff, whatever. We'd never do that. Like, But what if that kid came and sat down next to you and says, I want your Game Boy Color. But in, re- in, in, in exchange for that, I'm going to give you the Game Boy DS, which was the big thing at the time. It folds in half. Oh, yeah, it's dual screens. It's amazing. And all the kids would say, oh, man, yeah, of course. Of course. And I'm like, that's exactly the way God is, except for one thing. He doesn't show you the DS until after you've given up the Game Boy Color. And uh, it's because he wants you to trust him. And um, I think also because in real life, you know, the metaphor kind of falls apart at this point, but in real life, if we saw what God wanted for us, we would be so intimidated by it. We would look at it as if we had to get there ourselves, and um, but the, but the point being is that the people that are afraid to give up what God asks them to don't realize that He is asking for things that make you less of who you're who you're supposed to be. He He only takes away the things that have been added to you. He never takes away the things that are who you are. He made you who you are. Somehow in Christianity, I got this impression that I was bad, that I was messed up. And and though my sins were, and though the decisions I had made were, and though the selfishnesses that I had, you know, and, and all the different stories where I came out on top and others came out on the low end and I'd looked out for number one, though there was all of that, who God created me to be was not a negative thing. And so God asks for things, yes, yes, indeed. Um, but they are the things, even though they seem good, even though they seem to benefit others or ourselves. And in the case of my friend, even though it's a ministry that he has worked hard for for very, very many years, um, he doesn't ask us to give things up for no reason. And 99 times out of 100, I believe he's got something even better around the corner. And... uh 
It's it's a good thing. It's a good thing. It's not always the case, but I mean, meaning he it's not always something better. <laughs> we do serve him. He does not serve us, after all. Um, and we've got to be willing to do whatever you know, whenever. But if uh, whatever the case is, I do believe this that it is for um, his glory and for the kingdom's good. And if my suffering brings glory to the kingdom, I mean that's kind of what I've come to with the de- the, the depression thing is is I don't see a purpose in it. I've, I've had an ar- not an argument, but a conversation back and forth with one of the listeners and. And and you know, most people try to put in this this thing about um, your depression had a purpose, and and I I see no purpose to it at all. I really don't. I don't buy into it. There's no um, scripture that that I can find that says there is a purpose um, to that. And I'm sure you could. I'm sure you could. Th- I could think of a dozen right now that you could take out of context and apply. Um, to the trying of your faith, be more precious than gold, and then going through the fire and all these different things. Yes, 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 yes. But no, 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 no. This was something that was always going to happen. It had nothing to do with anything spiritual, any more than you getting a paper cut or having a a genetic predisposition to baldness. Um, this was going to happen to me, and, and and I do believe that though it was, it is part of God's plan in the in the idea that He knew everything and He knows everything, so He worked it in there. Um, do I believe it was His will and that He He did it to me or even allowed it to happen? No, I don't. I don't. Um, do I believe there can come purpose from it? Absolutely. But do I believe God did it to me to teach me a lesson or to get me to some new phase in my life? No. No, I don't. Do I believe that that the decisions I make now um, can get me to a better place in my life and where I can honor God more and do more for Him and, and kind of just kind of get a reboot? Absolutely. If you don't know that about me, you haven't been listening to this show. So anyway, all that to say... <laughs> Can you tell I don't get to preach anymore? <laughs> I, don't, I never knew I was one of those guys that just needed to talk about God's stuff. Uh, but apparently I am. But I had lunch with this dude, and I helped him. <laughs> and hopefully something I said in that big, long uh, diatribe helped helped you as well. Um, point being that, that God is is for our good. I mean, you know, one of my favorite verses is, is uh, you know, um, the, the I, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. And I believe that with all my heart. That that even in the moment when it looks horrible, um, in the big picture, God God's all about giving hope and a future. And even if that hope and future is just getting to heaven, see, because when I when I read my verses, when I say things about the promises of God, I automatically think. I, I'll tell you, I think of people in third world countries who, who their life absolutely sucks. Their kids' bellies are swelling. They're dying of disease. Flies and, and disease are everywhere. And I'm like, okay, but how does that apply to them? When I say that God has plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope in a future, how does that apply to the least of these? Because those are the people we're supposed to be serving. Those are the people that you know the scriptures were written to. They were written more to them than they were to me. I'm more closer to the rich man in the Bible uh, than I am the person that it was actually written to. Um, 
And so here's here's kind of what I've come up with uh, on that because I had to figure it out. You have to ask yourself that question. You know, people suffering and when they read the Bible. First of all, it'd be awesome to find a person in those situations that that you know maybe maybe doesn't read the Bible for themselves but goes to some sort of, of ch- church and and takes uh, the lessons of Christ and applies them in their situation. I would love to know that firsthand. But one thing I do know is that when you're and this is my white bread middle uh, up lower middle class. Uh, childhood experience speaking but when when you're uh when you're on your way to disney world the the trip um you know can be very exciting but mostly it's it's just a lesson in in patience and you know when are we gonna freaking get there you know it it could even be hot there's you know my mom's and dad's car there was too many too many kids to sit in the back seat so they would lower the seat and put a quilt down and you would just lay there you know with this hatchback sunlight coming back through and it would just be miserable absolutely miserable and then we'd you know we'd get there though you know after all this time and seeing signs and promises and 30 more miles and this exit and that exit and finally through the parking lot and we'd park and we'd get on the tram and we'd go through the gates and boom every single thing about the trip there was forgotten every single moment not one single detail of the trip to that vacation destination had any bearing or any stain on the actual experience itself and we had a blast and you know oh da 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 and then you know how the trip home is it's always fast it's always super fast but that's not part of my story so forget that what i'm talking about is is I, I had a conversation one time with a guy in a meat department I worked with, and I was trying to witness to him, trying to talk to him about Jesus, and I was real stupid. I was real stupid. I did it in a very stupid way. I was very pushy. I was just a jerkwad. I, I didn't even live for Christ myself, but I thought everybody else should, you know. So I was talking to him, and, and, and he got mad. He got he got so mad, and, and now I know why. I mean, he was hurting, and he says, my, my grandmother, she went to church every time the doors were open, and she died a painful, horrible terrible death and and you know where was god for her you know that kind of thing and he was legit he was absolutely 100 percent legit and he shut my mouth because i had no answer and 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 nowadays i would nowadays i kind of would you know not the answer not a great answer but it would be this i would look at him and i would say ask her if, if it was worth it she's in heaven now ask her if it was worth it and um you know, all the crap that people go through, the depressions that we go through, the heartbreaks we go through, the problems that we suffer with, the people that leave us and you know, the, the money issues and the kids that let us down or whatever, whatever, all that stuff. Some people base their belief in God on those things and they think, OK, if, if they're going good, I will believe um, or if they go bad. I will not. And then there's the reverse of that, where when things are going good, they leave God alone and they kind of do their own thing. But then when they go bad, they're like, oh, I need you so much. I'm so sorry. And I think I've been on both sides of that fence. Um, but but the thing is um, to remember, even with all the trials and the problems and the troubles, when the moment we get there, the moment we get there, when our life is over, even if you had the worst life, if you lived through hell every single day, you know, um, you know, even even the the third world child that lived fifteen days and then passed away from hunger. You know, I I don't know, I don't know all the hardships and stuff people go through, but I do know this: the moment you get there, the moment you walk through that door, the trip is forgotten. 
You know, it's not like it didn't happen, but nobody has ever gotten to Disney World with all its amazing things and sat down and said, okay, guys, remember back there on My Marker 77? It was so hot and I'd be so bad and almost died. No, you don't do that. You go get in line, you go do stuff, you go, you know, celebrate and you enjoy. And, and you know, heaven's going to be about that. And it's not going to be that the, the trials and the tribulations we went through, you know, didn't happen. Because I believe we'll, we, we will be rewarded for those. Those who struggled the most will be the first in line, will be the greatest rewarded. And those of us who had it fairly easy and, um, and seemed like we had it all together um, won't be punished for that, but definitely have received our reward already. But once we get those gates... Um, you know, heaven's just going to be there for eternity, this awesome place. You know, what are we going to do there? I don't know, but it's apparently amazing enough to where it takes eternity to get it all done. So, yeah, I'm excited about that. Not anytime soon, though. Isn't that weird how you don't want to die even though you believe in heaven? <laughs> but uh, the, the, the journey is worth it, is my point. Even if it's depression, even if it's all these things, that's why you know I would tell the suicidal depression person, you know that I don't, don't, just you know it's so hard to tell somebody don't, don't kill yourself, continue to struggle, it's great. Um, it's so hard to say that, except that I've been there, and I know how it feels, and I'm still saying it because um, one day, I don't know if you're a Christian. You believe this. You're going to stand in front of God, whatever he looks like, whatever he is, whatever, you know, if he's see-through, if he's solid white, you know, if he's a black dude, I don't care. He's God. He's awesome. He's going to stand there and he's going to have a full working knowledge of every single crappy thing that ever happened to you in those moments. And he will have felt them and experienced them through, you know, I believe through what Jesus went through, especially in the garden uh, of, of um Oh, Golgotha, not Golgotha, that's very sad. You know what I'm talking about, the stupid place where he cried and out of tears of blood. So, um, the forest of Nevendale. I don't know, okay? Rivendell. Um, so he was there doing that and he felt those things and I believe that God will look at us and he will, he will, with all that understanding and all that knowledge and he will just say, you guys did good. You did so freaking good. He probably won't say freaking, but he might. And, and you will know that he says it with all the knowledge of someone that was right there beside you the whole time that didn't stop it for whatever reason that didn't you know do do anything to to end it um but was with you the entire time and uh and he'll say he'll say you lasted so long i thought you were going to quit I thought you were going to give up but you have made me so proud oh my goodness and now you know that's <laughs> The theology of that is jacked up because how do you surprise God? How does God wonder if you're going to make it or not? I don't know. But if he's all-powerful, couldn't he imagine that and and live it out? I think so, dadgummit. All right, enough of this. Let me get past Tuesday. How about that? Um, Let's see. Oh, a guy named Will from Twitter. He's just a Twitter friend. He's obviously an, an old listener. He was looking out for me. He sent me a wheel, a deal.woot.com link to a Buzz Lightyear plushie offer um, from deal.woot.com. And uh, and I clicked on it because I was like, oh, hey, if, you know, deal on a plushie, uh, Buzz Lightyear. And I already had it. I already owned it. So I, t- I ticked him back and I was just like, you know, thank you so much for looking out for me. I've already got it. 
He's like, no problem. But that was cool. I love that people are out there, and when they see Buzz Lightyear, they think of me. Um, I could think of worse things. You know, if you, if you were online and every time you saw a dog taking a dump and you thought of me, that would be that would be less than, than awesome. But from now on, there will be several of you that every time you see that, which is probably just never in your life, thankfully, online. Uh, but when you do, and if you do, you will think, oh, I remember that time James said this. I better, better text him, email him. Twitter and whatever. So anyway, um, <clears throat> I also wrote on here on Tuesday, I was writing all day. I'm nearly done with the book. One chapter to go. You guys, I'm not even kidding. Bipolarism is a mess. It is a hot mess. I, I, I hear sometimes. See, I didn't think I was bipolar for a long time because what you read is people get bipolar. They go out and they go get knocked up. They go, you know, do do the people other than their 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 wives they they go and buy cars they just do these absolutely asinine things and then they have to face reality what i would do what i always did is i went out there and booked my schedule full of stuff and created things for me to do and oh this new special thing will be awesome and i'll start writing this and i'll start podcasting that and i would just be all energy 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 and then bottom would drop out and i couldn't even oh everything that i had invented everything that i had created while i was high you know was absolutely a prison and horrible and just terrible and terrifying when i was down um so at least in my case if there's anything i could say i've done well it's been that i've used <laughs> most of the time most of the time i have used my highs properly and that's exactly what happened this time. I, 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 I was writing the crap out of this book. Um, it probably should have taken me another month, and uh, and I'm turning away. Um, I, I also guested that same day, <laughs> Tuesday, the day of highness, uh, on Pop Mockers. It was a it was a uh, it's a show that kind of picks at pop culture. It's at, I'm sure, popmockers.com. I talked about bad animation. I kept the, the, the three um, worst animated movies of all time for me. And um, you could really tell the age difference between me and the other guys because they all mostly talked about like 3D animated films. And I don't even consider that, you know, like in the same category as, you know, cell shaded animation, you know, like, like the old stuff. So all my stuff was stuff from childhood that terrorized me or, or made me think that, that things were really scary. And one of them um, was uh, from 1990. It was um, oh, Cool World, something. You'll have to look it up. And uh, another one I remember, the, fir- the first one, the worstest one, um, was, was Raggedy Andy and Andy, a musical adventure. It was made in 1970, I think, 1975, somewhere in there, 77. It is terrifying and horrible and scary and gross and weird, and, and it's for kids, and it has nothing to do with what you'd imagine Raggedy Ann and Andy doing. So if you want to hear about that and, and all that, go over there. It was fun cracking jokes. It was fun having a good time, but at the end of the day when I was done at nearly 1.30 in the morning, I realized how lonely I am. Earlier I talked about that. All, you know, my friendships are online. And uh, we, Jen and I, you know, when we left the church we were at, we just kind of ended up in a in an empty place. You know, everybody we knew was connected there. And just for different reasons, those connections, you know, haven't, uh, you know, been maintained or they've fallen off or whatever. 
And um, and that's fine. That happens. I mean, it's like when you move jobs. Do you do you keep in touch with everybody from you? No. And do you feel guilty for it? No. But imagine if you didn't get a new job for a while. It'd, it'd be a be a little bit of a sad place. So um, so thank you, Potmockers. Potmockers.com for giving me a good time. It was awesome. Tonight I'm going to actually be doing a guest hosting a show called It's Just Us. So um, I'm sure that'll make the list for next week. So I finished my rough draft of my book. Were you waiting for this? At 3.30 a.m., 24 hours straight, being up, no sleep. And wait, and even after <laughs> pop mockers, I got back to writing and finished my rough draft of my book. So not only is that a feat and a marvel, it is awesome. I, I finished my book. Yay. I mean, obviously I'm not finished, but I got the rough draft done. It, it ended up at like 30,000 and a half pages. Uh, our pages, um, words, and um, I'm I'm systematically going through it at this point, chapter by chapter, and uh, you know working out the details and getting the editing done and stuff like that. So I'm excited. Wednesday, um, I uh, the kid we went out to eat or something like that. We were somewhere and and uh, it was it was late, and so I told the kids this little joke. I told them I says. Uh, I want you guys, I, I talked in a really serious voice. You guys need to listen to me because sometimes you don't listen. But what I need right now is I need you to listen very carefully because what I want by the time we get home is I want your teeth brushed. I want you to have your baths done and I need you in your pajamas by the time we get home. And obviously we're in the car, we're driving. For just a split second, they took me seriously. And then Jay and Jenna started cackling. All oh, they thought it was the funniest joke in the world. And so I just kept it up. I'm like, Jen, you know, do you hear your kids are laughing at me? Um, all I, okay, fine. Laugh all you want, but you better have that stuff done. You better have that stuff done by the time we get home. And I don't hear water running. I don't hear water. Have you got your teeth brushed yet? And man, oh, the more I got onto him, the more I, you know, fake got onto him, the more they, they, they cackled and laughed and all that. Jay especially loved it. Even when I would try to stop when it got old to me, little five year old Jay would be like, Oh, Mirza, I'm not showering. I'm not, I'm not going to do it. You know, and so it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Um, so anyway, that, uh, that night, Wednesday, I ended up speaking with Jenna, Jen for hours. I wanted to do my, I wanted to edit my book so bad, but Jen needed me. And, um, I realized, I mean, I'll tell you the one thing that, that held me in that chair, even though I was itching and dying to go over and work. Uh, is that I owe her. I owe her. And if she needs to talk to somebody, by God, there is nothing else in the world more important than that. And, um, you know, she she and I um, talked about her life, how it fleshed out after my depression. And that's not something that she shared with me uh, before because... Uh, you know, she, obviously you don't want to tell a depressed person, Hey, this is how you screwed up my life. You know, especially after they start feeling better, <laughs> you know, let's just sit down and get you nice and depressed again. But, uh, you know, it's, it's been difficult for her in one way, especially she, you know, she got a job on the side, just kind of working because the kids were older and she had given up her career for a time and she was really eager to get back to it. And, and it was fun and, and no, no stress attached to it because it was just something she did extra, you know, 
even though she made more money than I did. That's just it's just extra. Well, anyway, now she's the primary provider, not just financially, but I made sure to explain to her that you are serving a valuable purpose in this family and you're providing the circumstances that are allowing us to heal. Because how terrible would it be to be in our situation and, you know, I was the primary caregiver. That happens a lot, you know, and families go through these horrible financial struggles. And one of my blessings right now is is that I don't have to deal with that part of it. I mean, we lost my my income and it and it barely registered on the on the scale. Not because, you know, we're super rich or anything, mostly because we've always lived beneath our means. But also because my wife is faithful and and she pays her bills and we don't get in debt and and uh, we could we could do it. You know, I'm not going to tell you there weren't any sacrifices, but uh, I'm not going to tell you there was a ton because that would be disrespectful to the people that actually do have to. So Thursday, day four. It was good talking to Jen, though. It was good because we don't talk very much sometimes because we're busy. We're busy people. Day four, um, Jay and I are praying. This was just the other night. We pray every other night. Jen gets them. Every other night, I get them. So we always pray. And, and they kind of they kind of have a pattern that they kind of pray, even though we don't do the, the, the rehearsed rhyming prayers. They have prayed every night, you know, their whole life. And they've kind of each, each separately got their own little thing that they say. You know, God bless mom. Thank you for my fun day. You know, this kind of stuff. Just different things. But I always challenge them at least one point to think about something they're thankful for and, and put that in. Or several things. And then also, you know, something that uh, they need help with. You know, to put those things in there. So, Jay was being thankful. And we had just gotten back from this... Uh, from this cruise, so his prayer was, he says, I thank you, God, for the whole world, which is pretty typical of him to say that. Thank you, God, for the whole world and the Bahamas, he added. <laughs> and this was because he didn't know about the Bahamas. He was talking about it the day before and the, about the cruise that we had went on. He's like, I didn't know we were going somewhere on the boat. I thought we were just going to be on a boat. We There was the Bahamas. I didn't even know about the Bahamas, and I didn't even know we went to the Bahamas. But we went to the Bahamas, and I told kids at school that we went to the Bahamas. I thought we were just going to stay still on the boat. We were just going on a boat. We went to the Bahamas. And so the Bahamas was like in his head, and I just love the way it weaved its way into his normal trend of prayer. I thank you for the whole world and the Bahamas. So meant something to me it made me made me giggle um i i was on thursday i i uh, was churning through a to-do list and it made my day i uh, had a a short list of things that i'd written out that i wanted to get done that day one of them was cutting up all the boxes because we do most of our christmas christmas shopping via amazon and so the the needless to say since december the the garage has been full uh i mean two bikes that we got off of coals.com you know and and you know just tons of giant boxes little boxes everything i cut those junkers up and shoved them down in a trash can it was awesome i got some cash transferred that that needed to be done from uh from paypal you know i sent some art mock-ups to someone i wrote my my article even though it was a day late um doing those bible stuff articles so i i just felt good getting getting all that stuff done and and i was definitely not on a high at that point um, <clears throat> let's see, Birdman pigeon joke. See, I need to write down these things better because I do not remember. 
Oh, no, no, I do. Okay, here it is. <laughs> All right, so Thursday night, um, for the last few few weeks, or months even, our curtains in our in our uh, bedroom have been slightly parted at the center where they touch. And we've got these curtains so nobody could see through, you know, the gap in the window where the uh, shades are, you know. But I, I sleep on that side, so I always pull them closed, um, especially since my dresser's right there. I don't get dressed right in front of, a, you know, an open thing. So, uh, but it's always open. It's always open the next day, open a little bit on both sides. And I, and I had this thing in my mind. So I told Jen about it. I'm like, why, why does this happen? She said, I don't know. I have no idea. It's probably you. It's probably you walking back and forth across it. You're probably opening them up yourself. And I'm like, no, no, I don't think so. Even though I kind of figured she might be right. But I had been, I shared with her something in my mind that I thought was legitimate. I had it in my head that the guy across the street from us was, was peeking in. He probably had a telescope. In my mind, he had it snuck up, stuck up to the window. And every time I closed the curtains, he would come and sneak in the house while I was gone and separate the curtains just enough. And then he would go back and peek in through. Don't ask me why. I've always kind of thought these things like I, I'm not a, um, you know, conspiracy theorist at all. But my imagination is like when I was a kid, I was sure that there was a trap door in the floor underneath my carpet. And that there were people that were having offices inside the walls. That sounds like crazy people stuff now that I'm talking about it. But I was like seven. So I'm allowed to be crazy at seven. It's called imagination. And I knew it wasn't true, but I kind of wanted it to be, you know. Uh, because if you hit the floor with the corner of my boot just right, it sounded like a trap door. Even though it was probably just a cracked foundation. Um, so so <laughs> I've got this kind of thing going through my mind. I know it's not real. I know it's you know silly, but I share it with her. And uh, so the next day, uh, or I pull the curtain and I tell Jen, I'm like, you know, we need to keep track of this and watch what happens and try to figure out how, how it's happening. And she's like, okay, whatever. And um, so the next day, I uh, I went outside, and I knew it wouldn't take me long to find a feather because I needed a feather because I because I told her I said you're going to be really weird if we go over here and we see some evidence that Birdman. Has been here, and we call him Birdman because he feeds birds. He feeds birds all the time. It's kind of annoying. Uh, pigeons, you know, cranes, you know, all this kind of stuff. It's probably really illegal, and you know, whatever, whatever. But you know, he ain't hurt nobody. So, and I only get a little bit of pigeon poop on my garage door, so I don't, I don't, you know, whatever. Uh, so I knew I could go outside and find a feather of any kind that I wanted. So sure enough, I didn't even make it to the sidewalk, and it was a feather. And I went, I put it on the windowsill and I closed the curtain, or I cracked the curtains open. They were closed. And then I waited. And that night I almost forgot. I, I We're sitting there talking. We were kind of near the bedroom door. And I'm like, look, 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 it's open. It's open. Let's go look. And we went over there and she's talking, you know, she's really trying to figure it out. What could it be? Because she's definitely wanting to prove that it wasn't her, you know. And and I'm like, no, it wasn't me. I'm walking past and walking past. And, and I'm kind of like, you know, waiting for her to really look in. Finally, she leans in, she sees the feather, and she doesn't even flinch. She goes, oh, you're dumb. <laughs> or something like that. And I don't care if she liked it or not. I thought it was hilarious, and I laughed my butt off. And later on, you know, she said, you've just, you've jaded me. She says, I, I know that you're creative and that you'll go to any lengths to make some sort of little joke. And so when I saw it, yeah, I was just like rolling my eyes, like whatever. And uh, 
so I had put the the Birdman proof right there, and um, <laughs> whatever, whatever, Jen. I know you're listening. Whatever. Uh, okay. Um, that same day later on, uh, Jenna comes in and Jay, and, and they let the dog out, and they're like, huh, huh, huh. And I'm like, what? Dad, Dad, there's there's this old lady across the street at the park, and and she had these two poodle dogs, and they came and they ran across the street and tried to bark at our dog and tried to get him, and so we had to get him and take him away. And she yelled at them and brought him back, and and uh, and so I was like, okay. So I looked out there, and my goodness, yes, she was. She was hollering at her dogs. This 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 old large old lady, real slow kind of walking, you know, that has to lean on something to to walk. She didn't have her dogs on a leash, you know. You're supposed to have them on a leash, but she didn't. So she's yelling at them. She's yelling at them like they're kids, dude. And so I kind of laugh and I and I'm go on about my business. I'm not kidding. Ten minutes later, I hear something when I'm putting a, a, a glass in the sink or something. And I look out there, and she is has the back door open, hand leaning on the hood, the other hand on her hip, and then you being used as a pointer. And she got the two dogs. They're just sitting there looking up at her like two little kids in trouble. And she is still yelling at them. She ain't yelling at them like, she's yelling like, I thought you embarrassed. But, but, and I don't know what she was saying at all. But the first one, she said, you go. And the first dog jumped in the car and she put her hand back on her hip and she just shook her head for just a second. And, and she said, you, you, and she yelled at him for a little while longer and just get up in the car. And the dogs got in the car. She closed it. And, you know, some people yell at their dogs. And when they do, they do it um, because they are embarrassed uh, or they want you to have the impression that they, they do care and that they do are, you know, fight their, I don't know, fight their dogs, discipline their dogs. And, you know, kind of like with their kids, you know, kids do stuff. It's embarrassing, whatever, whatever. But this lady was genuinely separately from her, from our, you know, from us, uh, angry, you know, cause, cause the fake people, as soon as you leave, they quit yelling at their dog. Cause they're just like, I got over, I got over that. But this lady, man, she was doing it for 10 minutes yelling at the dogs she closes the door she she walks around to the back of the car leans up against the hood and just shakes her head Mm. Mm. like she is like like she's got a bad teenager that just keeps smoking pot no matter what she says and she goes around and gets in her car and pulls out and leaves and it was hilarious it was so genuine and so funny and so great so i love that later that day i was at target and um, Jay wanted to play Truth or Dare. I haven't played Truth or Dare since I was a you know teenager. I was going to add a word in front of that, but I think you know what I was going to say. Uh, and and so so apparently it means something different to five year olds. It's real real innocent, real basic, and and really not planned out. I'll give you an example. Uh, I I said Jay um, or Jay said Truth or Dare. I said um, Truth. And he says, do you really love mommy? And I was like, yes. And he was like, all right. You know. And I was like, truth or dare? Truth, he said. Or dare. No, I said dare. Or no, he said dare. <laughs> Sorry. And I said, <laughs> I said, I dare you just yell, I really love mommy very loud right here in the middle of Target. And uh, he, he just can't do it. He's not the kid that's built the way you know, that he can handle embarrassment. So absolutely not. I said, you know, he's trying to, he's like, okay, is there anybody around? I said, you can switch it to truth. He goes, truth. Okay. Truth. You know, 
So then I, you know, after a few truths that I had done, um, you know, and he was asking me dumb questions about, you know, gorillas and, you know, butter, you know, just stuff, stupid stuff that five-year-olds want to know about. Uh, I asked for a dare and, oh man, he's like, oh, you know, this is, oh, he's been waiting for this. It's going to be a good one. He says, it's going to be so hard. And he thinks about it and his eyes kind of light up and he says, I dare you to give me something from your room that I can pick. <laughs> now, to know the full force of that, you know, impact of that, you'd have to know that my room is awesome. My home office it is a little tiny little square cut out of the world that has all my Lego stuff, my Buzz Lightyear stuff, Star Wars stuff, you know, just stuff on display, you know, shelves and, and things like that. And, um, it is Hades to try to dust it all, but it it's uh, it makes me happy, you know. It's just stuff that I'm surrounded by, because uh, there's a fine line between a hoarder and a collector, and I am definitely at the line where if I get any more stuff, I'd be a hoarder, a Buzz Lightyear hoarder. But um, but anyway, he loves it. He loves coming in here, but they know they can't touch anything. Oh man, you know, it's just terrible. So of course I I yell at him. And I'm like Jay, you can't. You can't dare something like that. A dare has to be embarrassing or it has to be something hard, you know, to do. And it has to be, you know, all these things I'm trying to tell him and qualify. So this next one was, I dare you to put Jenna in her room when we get home. Jay. <sighs> he never did come up with a good dare because he couldn't, he just can't, he couldn't think of one, you know. Uh, I don't think he has the concept, but it was really fun and it was funny uh, playing with him, especially with that. Give me something from your room thing. Uh, Saturday. Saturday, we, we, you know, not a, not a wonderful day, to be honest. But um, we did end up going out to eat that night at a, uh, a local pizza place. That's awesome. We probably go there once in a while. I think I mentioned on the last show, actually. And uh, so, so we did Kennison trivia again. You know, the dangerous trivia that we talked about last time or a couple times ago, maybe. And uh, so the kids were dying to do it, and I pulled up some some trivia questions on the internet on my little phone, and uh, I started asking them questions back and forth and cheating, you know, and calling on they they'd put their thumbs out, you know, and whoever raised their thumb first got to win. And anytime Jay raised his thumb, even if it was just a moment after Jenna's, I picked him because you know, eh, eh, you know, it's got a, he's five, she's nine, you know, and just whatever. I'm a terrible parent. But um, at the end of the thing, I told them, they're like, who won? And I'm like, well, Jenna is ahead by seven. And Jay is also ahead by seven. And for a minute, Jenna almost bought it. Jay definitely did. He was thrilled that his sister was up by seven, but he was up by seven. And uh, Jenna just, I was like, you know what? Kennison trivia is a lot of things, but it is not fair. Well, at the, what made my day though was that after uh, we were about to leave, this the old couple across the, at the table from us stood up, and the old man looks down at my kids. And he's like, "You definitely have some very smart children right here," and you know, and just went on for a bit. And uh, I was like, "Thank you, thank you, thank you." I know, I know. Of course, they were answering questions like, you know, what color is the sky generally when it rains. <laughs> So they weren't the hardest questions in the world. But I was trying to give Jay a head a head shot there, you know. 
Um, also on Saturday, I got a podcast cover art job. This was actually just day before yesterday, and I haven't gotten an art job in a while. And it's mostly because most of my traffic came from listeners. And, you know, this show doesn't really lend itself for me to be like, hey, I draw pictures. Go to drawyourpicture.com and, and get some depressed art made and get some happy art. But that being said, if you wanted, if you needed a logo or a drawing of your kid or anything, I can pretty much do anything. Um, you can go to drawyourpicture.com and I'm pretty cheap. And I, um, you know, other people are charging like 300 bucks. I charge you 100 bucks, that kind of stuff. But uh, I got a podcast cover art job from the West Side of Mars podcast and um, got got uh, got that thing knocked out last night actually and not it but but the, the part that made my day was that I got one I got another job you know and I hadn't had one for quite a while a gig I guess you'd say not a job but Sunday December seventh was not another you know crappy day but um, in the evening when things kind of swung out and balanced out a little bit. Uh, there was this one point, I don't even remember what I was asking him to come into that room for, but I wanted all the family to come and see something. And I said, can you guys come here? And, you know, and, oh, I was going to show him the art, the, uh, the West Side of Mars podcast art. Can you guys come here? You know, I yelled. And um, and my son, immediately, I hear him running, and he goes to us, he just says this, whatever it is, yes. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you, out of all the stuff that made my day this week, that one probably hit the the hardest because my son, whatever I want to show him, whatever I had going on, he definitely 100% was in for it and wanted wanted to see it and was sure it was going to be something cool. And that, that, is, oh, that is, uh, is very affirming and very awesome. And the only reason, the only good reason I have found to even have a son. Other than that, they're pretty gross. But... um but that was awesome. Whatever it is, yes. And uh, one day, I guarantee you, when I get back into my preacher mode or whatever, I will probably do a sermon <laughs> called "Whatever It Is, Yes." And because uh, getting back to what we we're talking about earlier, you know, if we truly know how much God loves us and how much He believes in us and how He has a purpose for us, and His purpose is best, and His ways are good, and His His uh, intentions are to prosper us spiritually, if not physically, you know, uh, in, in eternity, if not in this world. Um, I hope that I could be counted among the few who would say, you know, when God comes to me and says, I want you to do, and I would interrupt him and say, whatever it is, yes. Whatever, whatever it is, yes. So, man, that hit me. All right. So um, I read last night. This was last night. I I, re- I had edited the first chapter of my book somewhere in there between Saturday and Sunday. So that was pretty cool. And I read the first chapter to Jenna and my son. Now, my son got really bored <laughs> about halfway in to the first chapter, and he was ready for bed. He wiggles and squiggles when I'm reading freaking Fly Guy to him, which is which is this book you know that has five words in it. Uh, so definitely, you know, couldn't, couldn't base anything off of that. But Jenna, she read, she heard it all the way through. She was thrilled. She says, I couldn't tell the difference between your book and a real book. (laughs) So my book's not a real book, but it sounds like a real book. So 
I'm really excited about that. And I'll just add something in that wasn't even in the show notes. Uh, there's a young lady named Lauren who lives on the other side of the state from me. She's an old-time listener of Nobody's Listening, and I've considered a friend of the show. She's even been on the show, Lauren, the, the Mac Attack episode. Um, she's offered to help me edit my book, and I don't even know what that means yet. I mean, obviously, editing is editing, but... I don't even know how much or how little that is, but I think it's amazing that she would offer, especially for a noob like me. Hey, your MMDs are next. Me and my younger siblings are staying with some friends and our grandparents. Well, my parents, oh, while my parents are in Hawaii, this is a middle schooler, and they said, well, my parents are in Hawaii, and they said, W-E apostrophe L-L. So, we L, my parents in Hawaii. Uh, he says, we're stuck in the cold Minnesota weather. Um, we are uh, sitting, playing a card game named Munchkin. I'm having to interpret this for you. When my friend's mom looked over and saw a car in a bank. Now let me add that the that we live on a cor- they live on a corner and an entrance to a suburb. And he means a, he means a snowbank. It took me a while to figure this out, but it's snowbank. So me and a friend grabbed shovels and went out to help him get unstuck. We were chipping away. And then my brother and his friend came out. Now five people are chopping away. And my sister and her friend came out. And we chipped and pushed and heaved for a good half hour with all the force of two sixth graders, two fourth graders, and two second graders. We could not get the car unstuck. So finally someone stopped, tied a rope around it, and pulled it right out. And I looked on what it was that was keeping it stuck. And it was the smallest little hump of ice. But in the end, we got him out. And that made my day to help someone out. Oh, James. The only reason why I have an iPod is because my uncle sold it to me for 30 bucks. And yes, I am 12. <laughs> Love the show. Oh, and mom and dad, hope you're enjoying Hawaii. Sorry it was long, JJ. JJ, it's okay, man. You have my permission to have long uh, emails if you want. Holly says, I'll start off with what made my day yesterday. I had a rough day with my son, Chase. He had not taken a nap that day, and he is one and a half years old. And oh my God, that is the worst He was just screaming and nothing I could do would make him happy. And then as we were on our way home from Sunday night service, I took, I look in the mirror and he has his hands raised worshiping. Um, Nothing could have made me more happy. It lets me know I'm doing something right. Um, P.S. This is Holly, uh, your favorite kid in kids church ever. If you didn't already know, of course I knew your, 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 your married name is not your real name though. I know your real name, and that's the name I will always know you by. So uh, she says, I am so happy you're podcasting again. I miss you and your family so much. Praying for you guys every day. Part of the reason I'm here where I am today is because of you. Thank you. Love you guys. Holly. Holly's awesome. She was a good kid when she was a kid. She's a great kid now. Even though she's grown up, she's still a kid. I call everybody kids. All my kids. She was one of my kids in... uh, Back in the Dizay, though. Hey, this came in via Twitter. It made my day when I was listening to episode 92 of Nobody's Listening, and I heard your song, What a Major Spoiler. So much fun, Caitlin. Well, you guys may not know, there is a podcast out there called Major Spoilers, and it's a podcast, and every show for the last several years, they have played at the very end a, 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 a song I wrote them called Major Spoiler. And if I'm feeling... Specific, especially happy after this is over, I might tag it on to the end. It's uh, it's just a, a series of of of, of um, um, lyrics, you know, verses that kind of talk about things that spoil 
awesome comic book ideas. I don't know. You'd have to hear it. But I'm glad it, it was awesome to you, Caitlin. And um, if you guys like comic books and stuff, major spoilers. It's where you go. It says, uh, I made, Janusz says, uh, it made my day when I was given a new computer as a gift. It's the nicest computer I've ever had. And now I'll be able to play the games that I that wouldn't run on my own computer. So finally, Janusz is going to be able to play Doom. And that is awesome. That is awesome, Janusz. So I'm glad you got the best computer you've ever had. And uh, Doom is really good, man. Um, you know, it's it's not Call of Duty, but it's it's pretty good. So, hey, we got some emails, just generic stuff here, or not generic, but not you know MMD stuff. I wanted to say thanks for podcasting again. I found the NL Cast after it stopped being updated. It was fun to listen to. Heck, even when I listened to it at work, where I was the only believer, and the others laughed and enjoyed the stories right along with me. MMD has been something that I've also been enjoying. I'm married with two kids and enjoy the family stories that you share. Give your wife props from me for standing beside you through your life challenges and depression. It's radical to hear. Thanks for being open and talking about the depression challenges. It's been good for me to hear in regards uh, of being able to associate with others. And also, strangely, learn more about myself and some of the dark points that I've had to truck through. Mike here from Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate that. It was awesome. I just got done listening uh, to last week's episode, and your message to Donna brought tears to my eyes. I have a friend who suffers from depression and plan on sharing it with them soon. Thank you for all the great stories and, and MMD moments. Can't wait for the next episode. God bless, Jared. Thanks, Jared, and I'm glad you guys are sharing it. Anybody you think they'll get something out of it is more than I ever thought would. So appreciate it. Hey, what made your day recently? What has meant something special to you? I want to share your little tiny wonderful moments with everyone who listens. Or even, you know, email you know, the, what, what the show has meant to you personally. Uh, email your moments and thoughts and feedback or whatever to mmdcast at gmail.com. Mmcast, mmdcast <laughs> at gmail.com. Uh, those in three or four sentences have the best chance. Unless you're JJ, you can write three paragraphs, three pages, three books. Visit us online at mmdcast.com. Follow us on Twitter at nlcast.com. Like Made My Day Podcast on Facebook if you haven't yet. And leave us an iTunes review. Those are awesome. We'd love to hear from you about those. Uh, sponsor an episode for only five bucks and help keep the shows going at mmdcast.com. And be sure to check out the other show I'm doing right now. It is... Um, it is NL, podcast.nlcast.com, and right now we're doing a series called NL Past, where we're going through the last 202 episodes and picking out the favorite moments that you submit and uh, featuring them and giving some trivia and feedback and all that kind of stuff. So go over there, check it out at podcast.nlcast.com, or look up Nobody's Listening Podcast on iTunes. Till next time, guys, we'll see you guys. Bless. Stay alive. We'll see you there.